Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. Uh, welcome to the first Hockey Nerd News official podcast. Uh, this has been a long time coming, something I've wanted to do for a while. It's something I've had family members get on my tail about doing. And uh, it's finally here. Uh, I've got a couple buddies, I'm sure, who might be finally excited I'm doing this. And I'm looking forward to going ahead in the future and doing this and Kind of a weird time, but maybe the right time to get involved with doing this, right in the Flyers' thick of a playoff push. Um, yes, maybe tonight we're going to talk a little about a disappointing effort against the Columbus Blue Jackets, in which the Flyers lose by a score of 5-3. to three. Uh, Peter Mrazek tonight, he was Peter Mrazek. The guy, when he's lights out, Good, you think he's the next coming of a great Czech goalie, but then when he has a bad night like tonight, you're like, oh god, I see you, I Detroit, let him go for conditional draft picks. Um, not a solid effort in net, and he got yanked, obviously, as he deserved to. Um, I forget what the stats were, but I think he made, he let in four goals on ten shots or something while he was in the game. And then Alex Lyon came in, and Lyon didn't allow any goals in relief, and he actually played well and gave the Flyers a chance to win. But Sergei Bobrovsky just uh, came back to haunt his old mates here. Um, and it was just a wall, and you know, they threw it. They threw, the Flyers pretty much threw the kitchen sink at Bob and couldn't get anything past them at the end. But um, just overall, another. At times, lackadaisical effort. I know Giroux missed a big chunk of this game after he took a shot off of the face, breaking a two-on-one, which is a great play by our captain. But at the same time, you don't want to see G get hurt this time of year, especially if the Flyers are going to make the playoffs and maybe even do something. Um, yeah, so I'm just looking to the goals for the Flyers for tonight. Of course, were Giroux's 26 from Konechny McDonald. Then Ghosts on the power play from Provorov and Couturier. And then McDonald himself scored a goal tonight from Sanheim and Konechny. Uh, Columbus got their goals scored by Bjorkstrand, Jenner, Atkinson, Atkinson, and Atkinson. It's, it's, you heard me right. Atkinson had the hat trick tonight from a guy. Columbus has had a thing where they've kind of been dis- where they've been a little bit disappointing all year. People pegged them to be this division's favorite, and they've been underachieving. But not so much of any more. Uh, right now, they're actually tied with Flyers in points in the Metro Division, the third seed. But the Flyers are the tiebreaker, so that's important. But, you know, it, it just wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Flyers, after contending to win this division, contending to win the Metropolitan Division, they might miss the playoffs. And I'm going to pin it on coaching. I know a lot of you see my posts on Facebook. I am not the biggest Dave Hackstall fan. I don't think he shows enough jam. Pay homage to our boy Lavi. Um, he doesn't show enough emotion. He just seems like he doesn't give a shit. Pardon my French there. Um, it's just... And then... He, I question his lineup decisions. I question the fact whether Hextall has the gusto to say, hey, 
what are you doing with my team? Because Hexel has always said that he wanted to have the kids up there. They were playing. If they weren't playing, he was going to send them down. And that's what happened to Sanheim. And then they finally sent Sanheim down in the minors earlier, and he had 16 points in 14 games, and now he's back up in the NHL where he belongs. I question an appointment of players like Brendan Manning and Andrew McDonald and even at times Gudis over Sanheim, a Sam Moran, but Sam Moran's been injury plagued this year, so that's kind of a downside on him. And then now they've picked up Johnny Oduya on waivers, and he's hurt, but now you see where that's going. And then this decision to have to sit Taylor Lear in the press box for players like Yuri Laterra and Dale Weiss and Val Filpola. It's just, and there's just, there's a better team on paper than what you see is being put on the ice, if you ask me. The fact that Oscar Lindblom just got called up a couple weeks ago when he should have made this team back in October is unacceptable. And I guess at the end of the day, you have to pin that on Ron Hexall because I guess he made the right de- he made the decision whether it was right not to send him down to the Phantoms. You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but he's looked pretty damn good so far. Um, just I just don't like the way this lineup is deployed at times. It can seem to be very top-heavy, where the top six are nice and solid, and then your bottom six are just kind of a train wreck. Um, And that even goes with the defense. You know, you've got, finally you have your two best defensemen in Ghost and Provorov on a D pairing, which I was begging for all last year, and we finally have it this year, and you're seeing why they are the future of this core. You have the offensively-minded Gosses Bear, who's becoming one hell of a two-way defenseman this year. And then you have Ivan Provorov, who, if you ask me, he is going to be a Norris-winning caliber defenseman within five years. And I put that maybe even closer to three. I think he is that good, and he's probably going to have a letter of some sort in the future with this team. And then, of course, you know, then you got Sandheim and you have Haig, you know, and I like Haig a lot. I just feel he gets stuck playing with Andrew McDonald. That's going to peg him down a notch because he has to always look behind him and see what McDonald's doing. And he's going to play that air of caution to him, kind of like what happened when Provrov was paired with McDonald. And then you just have this train wreck of a third pairing. Um, I am not a fan of this pairing at all. It's Brandon Manning and Radko Gudis. I personally like Gudis. He can be stupid sometimes. I do not like Brandon Manning at all. I think he is a worse defenseman than Andrew McDonald. And he should either be a seventh defenseman or in the minors. He does not belong in a top six decor in the NHL at all. Straight up. Those are the facts. Um, I'll be willing to argue that point with people, but just every time I see him out on the ice, he is a liability. More, He's our worst defenseman. Straight up, he's our worst defenseman. But you know what the good thing is, though? A couple years ago, he was our best defensive prospect, and thank God the times have changed. Ah. Uh, 
I'm just going to look for now. I'm checking a look at the standings online at NHL.com. You know, this being my first podcast, I don't really have a time to repair and have an outline. I'm kind of winging this as I go to get something up. Uh, but yeah, the Flyers right now, they're tied with Columbus with 81 points. Third in the Metro. Pittsburgh's in second with 87 points. They actually tie with Washington for first, but Washington has a tiebreaker. I'm not. I don't want to be such a negative Nancy because you know the Flyers were not supposed to make the playoffs this year. At least, oh, a lot of people said they weren't going to make the playoffs. They were going to be a bad team. They were going to be a lottery team. Now, if you ask me, I've the past couple years I've said the Flyers are a bubble team. They're either just going to make it and maybe lose in the first or second round, or they're just going to miss out, and they're going to be stuck picking in that draft in that that 15 to 20 window, maybe get higher up if they miss, like in that 9 to 12, or what could happen last year where they get in the lottery and they're jumping up to pick second. You never know. So, you know, they're, they're playing with house money this year. You know, it's a very – we're very fortunate as fans that this team is – playing the way they are. But you can thank a lot of that to the resurgence this year of Claude Giroux. And there were people... Um, I don't I don't get the Philadelphia fan who says trade Giroux, trade Voracek, trade Couturier. It makes no sense to me. And honestly, if you ask me, I'm just going to flat out say they're uneducated and they don't know hockey. I have the cojones to say that. Um, Claude Giroux is once out there proving in this year that he is one of the NHL's elite forwards. Same with Voracek. And Couturier, what do you know? Finally, you place Coots with players that aren't garbage on his wings, and he produces. Coots lit up juniors. It wasn't even a question. That was one of the big things when they drafted him, that he was an offensively-minded but smart two-way centerman. And now you're finally seeing this. So if you ask me, he should be in the talk to win the Selkie this year because he's played better than Patrice Bergeron. And when you think of Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins, you think of the prototypical, this is what you look for in a modern Selkie trophy-winning forward. And Coots has been better than him this year. And that stands for something. Um, but Claude Giroux right now, he's he scored another goal tonight. He's on pace to have 96 points, which is a career high. And normally when a player hits that 30 window, the 30 plus, they're out of or leaving their prime. So the fact this is happening now speaks a testament to I think G finally being healthy. I think this is the first this is the first season in the past couple where he's finally come into the year fully healthy in September for training camp. Last year he was battling injuries and battling recovering from surgery and had to play in the World Cup and then played in the World Cup and then came to the Flyers. And I don't think he fully recovered. And you saw it. He had probably the worst year of his career last year. And now this year, he finally had a summer, a full summer of rehab and rest, and he came in, and now you're seeing, we're reaping the benefits of a healthy Claude Giroux. And it's fantastic to see. 
I hope he keeps it up. You know, he's a couple points away from tying and then passing Lindros on the all-time points leaders for the Flyers, which is fantastic. And I hope he never leaves this team. I want to see Claude retire at Philadelphia Flyer. And I want to see that C on his jersey until he retires. Because he is going to be as one, he is one of the best Flyers of all time. For a guy where Bobby Clark forgot his name when he drafted him to this. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like I said, again, I'm kind of rambling here. Um, just looking over some other things, you know. The playoff race, it, it's getting very, very tight. Um New Jersey's in it. New Jersey's only a point behind Columbus and us in the standings. And then you have the interesting Florida Panthers who are, they have actually, they beat the Boston Bruins three to nothing and they have 75 points, which you would think, oh, they're not that bad, but they have, they've only played 67 games. They have games at hand, and they are the hottest team in the league right now. And they're my biggest worry. The way Columbus and Florida have been playing of lately. If the Flyers keep up this skid of below 500 hockey, which I believe after tonight's game, they're like 1-6-1 in their last seven games. If this keeps up, they are going to miss the playoffs. And then you're going to have a team like Columbus take that third seed. And you're dropping in the wild card. And then you have New Jersey who's hot. And then, you know, if they get in, they could probably get in as a wild card one or two. But then if you're the wild card two, you're playing Tampa Bay first round in the playoffs. And I know the Flyers played Tampa pretty well this year. Well, I'm not liking the Flyers' odds in that playoff matchup at all. Um, so it's, I mean, in the Eastern Conference after Florida, there's really no threats to the Flyers playoffs, because you have the Carolina Hurricanes, who I don't know what the hell they're doing with their new owner and removing Ronnie Francis out as GM when you're 15 games left in the year and you're right in the Honda playoffs and looks like they, they've completely given up. The Rangers have given up. The Islanders are just a dumpster fire, but I mean, they've been that for years. Montreal is showing what they are because of their lack of depth. I mean, all they really have is Carey Price. Because you've got Jonathan Drouin, who, is he a center? Is he a winger? Probably a winger. Same thing with Galchenyuk. And they just don't have any good prospects. They have Max Pacioretty, who's an av- he's a an above-average winger who's not happy Montreal probably shouldn't be wearing the C. Um, but, yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs. Detroit's not making the playoffs. The Ottawa Senators aren't making the playoffs. Neither are the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so, you know, if the – I mean, like I said, it wouldn't be surprising the Flyers missed the playoffs this year. But, honestly, at this point, it's kind of doubtful that they probably will make the playoffs. But it's not going to be a good scenario if they do get in. Because then if they get in, you're either looking at playing Tampa or Pittsburgh or Washington. Um, 
personally, honestly, I'd rather have the Flyers play Pittsburgh. You know, that maybe that might scare a lot of other Flyers fans and hockey fans, but the Flyers know how to play the Pens. You know, it might it might not have its pardon me not being able to speak English at the moment, but um, the Flyers know how to play the Pens. They then it's gonna it's gonna be one hell of a series if they end up playing each other. It's gonna be dirty, it's gonna be long, and there's gonna be a lot of injuries. But it'll be it'll be really fun to watch as a fan. Um, the Flyers could beat them because the Flyers are running out of the Penguin skins. But then also the Penguins as well. They have you know they do have the best player in the world on their team, and I'm not going to mention him by name, but we all know who we're talking about here. And, you know, they've got Malkin. I will say his name, Crosby. And they've got all, they've got all these kids, Gensel, Sheary. You know, they have Latang on defense. Matt Murray, if he's healthy, seems to be an up-and-coming elite goaltender. But health could be a factor with him, so... And I don't know how the Pittsburgh Penguins really feel with going with Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith and Nett for the playoffs. So it's it's going to be interesting. I want to be hopeful and be gung-ho and happy that the Flyers are going to make the playoffs. But, you know, like I said, if they keep on playing the way they're playing, it's not going to be good. And if they make it in, they're going to be done the first round. Um, so it's, it's just it's, – it's tricky. It is very, very tricky. Um, talk about some other league going on, some other games right now. Still active on the NHL scoreboard tonight. Uh, Winnipeg's up 5-2 on Chicago with about 17 minutes left in the third period to go at the moment. And the Chicago Blackhawks, you're finally seeing what all those years of winning will do to you. Because besides Taves and Kane, and an old Duncan Keith now. Who they have? Really no one. You you, you want to say Brandon Saad, but he's kind of fallen off the wagon since he went to Columbus and now back with Chicago. Patrick Sharp's old. Brent Seabrook's old. Corey Crawford can't stay healthy. And, and if you ask me, Corey Crawford's some heck of the goaltender. Um... And Winnipeg, finally, you know, all the, all those years of suffering as the Atlanta Thrashers and now being the part deux of the Winnipeg Jets, you know, they're finally reaping those rewards. And with Line and Shifley and Wheeler and Myers, Bufflin, Truba, Hellebuck and Nett, you know, just some really good vibes finally going for Winnipeg, and we're going to see if that franchise can finally take the next step. Because that franchise, Winnipeg slash Atlanta, never won a playoff series. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche right now are winning 3-1 to against the St. Louis Blues, and there's only a couple minutes left in the third period there. Um, and you'll have to look up this goal. Mika Rantanen tonight scored an un- Believable goal. He was going down the net, missed the breakaway because he didn't really have the good foot speed. He gets a St. Louis Blue defender draped all over him. And what does he do? He gets the net and just backhands it in. 
it just shows great hands and the strength skating that he has. And he's got 73 points. And a lot of people don't know who Miko Rantanen is, and you all need to start knowing who Miko Rantanen is. He is going to be one of the best forwards in the NHL, if he isn't already. Very soon, he's going to going to start getting national attention. Same with, you know, many people know who Nathan McKinnon is, and if you ask me, Nathan McKinnon is your Hart Trophy winner this year, because who's who saw the Colorado Avalanche doing what they're doing right now? And being this good this year after the awful year they had last year. Um, like I said, Florida beat Boston 3 0 earlier. Pittsburgh beat Montreal 5 3. Um, And then Washington beat uh, the Islanders 7-3, and Toronto beat Buffalo 5-2. Presently, you have the LA Kings and the Red Wings in action. You also have Nashville and Arizona in action. So those games right now, the Detroit and LA and Nashville and Arizona are all, both tied at 0-0 respectively, but they're both half, they're like barely halfway through the first period. So the only time I've done this podcast, I don't know what this, I can probably check on the score before I go, but gosh, you really care. <laughs> um... Just going to check out some of the stats from the Flyers that we're going on now here. You know, I'm going to try going forward to have, obviously, a timeline and a, and a prep sheet going out. So it's not so much just straight rambling the next time. But right now you've got Claude Giroux. First on the team in points, leading the team in scoring with 83 points. Just so you know, there's 82 games in an NHL season. He is above the 82 points per game pace. Like I said, he's on track for 96 points this year. He's got 26 goals and 57 assists. Career year for him. Uh, Jake Voracek, proving he's got 75 points with 16 goals and 59 assists. A guy that maybe you think needs to shoot a little more. But, you know, his he still got that lane and he can set up guys. And you have Sean Couturier still looking for that 30th goal. He's got 29 goals and 36 assists for 65 points. And, again, he is doing something really special this year. And this he's got, he's got six power play goals, 12 power play points overall. He's got six game-winning goals. He's got two overtime winners. And he's right now he's shooting at 14.1%, which is pretty good. It's, you know, that's pretty good for a guy who hasn't done it like this before. When you have Ghost, who's sitting in the fourth in our uh, scoring lead here for the Flyers, 52 points. Then Travis Konechny, who's just turned, he has turned a switch. If you can, any of you guys can ask any of my close friends. Travis Konechny is another Flyers player who I hold up with the same high expectations as I do Ivan Provorov. I think he is the next, like, big winger. I, I hate the guy. I really hate I really hate Brad Marsh and the Boston Bruins. Respect his skill, but he's such a dirty rat. People are comparing Konechny to him to say that Konechny can be the next Brad Marchand. And that's great. 
as long as Konechny doesn't become the rat that Marchand is. Uh, then you have Wayne Simmons. And I'm going to take a little bit here to talk about Wayne Simmons. I love Simmer. Um, got 39 points this year, 21 goals, 18 assists. He's a minus 14, but who really cares about plus minus? Um, but here's the interesting about Simmer. He's only he only has one year left on his contract, and he makes. Let me get the cat friendly here real quick. And I'm pretty sure he's only making like. Yeah, he's he's only making three point nine mil. 3.975 mil this year and next year. And then he's a UFA. Um, and he's going to get paid in his, U in his UFA summer year. And I don't necessarily think the Flyers are going to be willing to pay him. Because then he's going to be 30. And he's going to be probably looking to double his salary. And he's going to want five plus years at six million. And I'm sorry. I don't want to have the Flyers paying Wayne Simmons $6 million plus for five years at 30. So honestly, if you look at Wayne Simmons, maybe even come this, this summer at the draft, or if they're not going so well next year, during the season of next year's trade-in line, look for the Flyers to trade him and get something for him before he just walks in free agency. Um, it makes the most sense. You know, it, it would be great to see Simmer be a flyer for his career, but that would involve him staying at that nice 3.975 cap hit, and he's just not going to do that. Not when you have players like Ghost, like Patrick, like Provorov, like Konechny, like hopefully Lindblom soon, you know, um, like Sanheim. All these upcoming great players that we have are going to want their cookies and their money. And they're going to get it. And the way they can pay them is you keep that young core together. And so then eventually you're going you're to have to say goodbye to players like Wayne Simmons. Um, and maybe you have to look and do something. You know, Claude Giroux is not a UFA though, 22-23. Um, but Jake Voracek, maybe he's on the books for a while, but again, he's making $8.250 million. And, you know, that's the problem with trying to trade the people who always forget the the average foot of the game. Seems to forget when, oh, let's trade Voracek and trade Giroux. They're both washed up and blah, 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 speaking the trash because they don't know how anything about hockey. You know, they make too much money to get traded. And they're also too good and too valuable to this team. And they will be until they're at the end of their careers. <clears throat> some things... I'm, I'm, now I'm on cap, Brennan, so I'm going to look at this. There's some players I think that you, you have to get rid of somehow, some way. Dale Weiss. He's just not good. And he makes... Mid two million for the next until twenty nineteen twenty, and you know, bury him in the minors and play some young kid to replace him, 
or get rid of him. He's not good. He's a third, fourth line player at best, and he makes too much damn money. I like the signing when Homer, when uh, I'm sorry, when Hexy signed him, because I like the player that they always used to be when he was younger, but he's just proved that his style of game just does not work well anymore, and he can't keep up with it. Uh, then you have Andrew McDonald who makes five million. Thank you, Paul Holmgren, for that. And by thank you, I mean no thank you. I don't know what we were thinking when we did this. Um, and I, for one, was I kind of when we got him a couple years ago, I was a fan of him. You know, I liked him. I thought he was defensive and had the right offensive moments. and But then we got him and slowly learned how wrong I was. And then Paul Holmgren said, oh, yeah, here's five mil a season. And pretty much making him not tradable. And so hopefully the Flyers can, the kids down in Lehigh Valley, like Moran and Myers, can come up. And give the Flyers a reason to send Andrew McDonald back down the Lehigh Valley. And have him not in the NHL. Because he's a defensive. He's just an overall liability on this team. Um, Rakagudis, frankly, he needs to get his crap together. Because I like Rakagudis. And at times he can be a good physical defenseman. But this year he's just made a lot of dumb plays. And it's affecting how he's playing and how he's looking. And it's just... Not voting well. Um, Brandon Manning, he's a UFA this summer, and I hope to God the Flyers say bye. Do not resign Brandon Manning. Do not do it. Ron Hextall, if you're listening, do not sign Brandon Manning. Do not extend him. Let him go to free agency. Let him go to Europe. Let him do whatever he wants. Just do not resign with the Philadelphia Flyers. Robert Haig, resign him. Give him a good bridge contract. He paid his dues. He did all three years in the American Hockey League. And he's come up this year, and he's been a very, very good second-pair defenseman. And that's where I think he's going to slot. He's a good overall defensive defenseman who can have two-way moments. He's leading the league in hits. And he's just, he's just solid all around. It'd be nice if you could get his offensive numbers up so you can have more of an offensive effect from him, from him as well. But as if as of right now, I'm fine with the player Robert Hanks become. Um, we got Ivan Provorov. I can go, like I said, I can go and talk about Ivan for days and days, but I'm not going to because you all know me. And then you got Travis Sanheim, and, you know, he's going to be fantastic. He's – I – Ideally, going forward, my top four, my top, my top four defensemen for the Flyers and in, in pairings are Provorov and Ghost with Hag and Sanheim. I think both those pairs give you the what you're looking for in an NHL top four defenseman. You have the good offense and the good defense. It's going to be two defensemen who are able to defend well. And help get that breakout out and start the play and get everything going. And then you also have two guys who both can quarterback power plays in Ghost and Provorov. And maybe even Sandheim one day. So maybe three. 
Because I don't know if you want Ghost and Prorub together on the power play, because most teams now go with four forwards and the, and then the one defenseman on power play. So we'll see how that goes. Um, now, our goalies. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Michael Neuwerth, they need to trade this summer. They need to trade him. I like I like Neuvi. I liked him when we signed him. I liked him at times, but the pat this year and last year, when the Flyers have needed him to step up, he's either just been god awful or he's gotten hurt. Not the goalie he was that came up through Washington system, showed a bit flash fit in Buffalo and with the Islanders. He pretty much had his one good streak here with us when he took over for Mason in the playoffs against the Caps. But ever ever since then, he just he just hasn't been good, and they need to get rid of him. Uh, Brian Elliott, he's a stopgap until we get Sandstrom our heart up. Um, I like Brian Elliott. He's just he's Steve Mason. He was the Steve Mason of the Western Conference until. Him and Mason switched conferences. When he's lights out, he's lights out. When he's awful, he's awful. Um, and and same that goes with Peter Mrazek. He the Mrazek is a restricted free agent as of right now, come this summer, this offseason. The Flyers are only paying half his salary. Detroit kept another half. So then maybe that's the Flyers sh- sh- telling Peter, this is where we value at. We value at two million, not four million. You know, if if Peter can start playing better consistently, I say keep him and then go with Elliot. Go with the tandem until Hart is ready. Because you asked me, Carter Hart's the next carry price. I think Carter Hart is that good. But then also, then we can't forget about Felix Sandstrom playing over. He's playing right now with HV71 in the, in the SHL over in Sweden. And a lot of people are calling him the next great Swedish goaltender. So we, we have to see which one plays out and who makes the next jump. Because Hart's going to be playing for the Phantoms next year. He has a chance to even make the Flyers if he wants to. But honestly, I don't I don't want Hart making the team and backing up and not playing. I want Carter Hart being a starting goaltender. And if that means starting for the Phantoms, fine. Let him get his one year of pro hockey experience and then call him up and have him back up here and there with the Flyers. But I want him playing. And I also want the Flyers to get rid of some goalies so they can sign Felix Sandstrom. So we can see more of what's in his game. Because they need to do that. that that's necessary. Um, and then you've got you got Anthony Stollers, who's a, a free agent again this summer. I believe he's, on, he's restricted. Um, and he's finally playing with Redding in the ECHL right now after being hurt all year. Um, it's kind of a shame for Stoey because he went from being the top prospect in the system until the Flyers drafted Sandstrom and then Hart. I think the guy's chances of making the NHL with the Flyers are pretty much shot. Um, if he wants to have an NHL career, it's going to be with another, with another team in, in the NHL. And so if you're the Flyers, I would maybe look to trade him, get some value for him. Don't let him just walk away. And you got Alex Lyon. He's also an RFA this summer. You know, Alex Lyon was a good college goalie for Yale. He's 
been okay with the Flyers, and he's been a better NHL goalie. I think he has more of a career for him in the, in the American League. So we'll see where he goes in that aspect. I don't really see him having any much of a future in the NHL other than being a fringe starter and a backup goalie. <clears throat> uh, let's see, I'm already running close to 37 minutes here. Actually, like a little over 36. Um, you know, I'm just going through some of our prospects. You know, we got Morgan Frost, who we drafted in that Braden Shen deal. We got German Rubstoff. Vecchioni's considered a prospect, but, you know, he's a mid-20s twenty mid college player playing with the Phantoms. I don't really see him going anywhere in the, in the NHL. He's 25. We got Isaac Radcliffe could be the next Wayne Simmons-esque player in the NHL. He's a very good power forward playing in the OHL right now. And um, I think he can be the next Wayne Simmons. I think he was a first-round talent in last year's draft, and the Flyers were able to get him in the second round, which is very lucky. Uh, Pascal Labarge, you know, he's a player who he can he turns pro next year. He's got really sick hands. I've watched him the past couple of summers at Flyers rookie camp, and he's always stood out. And who knows where? I think he's going to be a top nine. I think he ended up being a third-line center at some point, but we'll see where he goes on that. Mikhail Vorobiev who we got from Russia. He's playing with the fans this year. I think he has a chance to be another Sean Couturier. But more so, to more, a more so defensively-minded Sean Couturier. Again, a third-line center, maybe second-line center. Um, we got Nicolas Aubé-Coubel, who the Flyers drafted, who's a typical French-Canadian scoring winger. He's, he's tiny. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen with him. He's playing really good in the minors. Um... Philippe Myers, uh, he's a def- an undrafted defenseman we signed a couple years ago. Tall kid. He's like 6'5", right-handed shot defenseman. I think he has a chance also to sneak up and be a future member of that Flyers' top four defenseman. Um, but then who, who's he going to upset? Is he, he's going to replace Hag? Is he going to replace Sanheim? Is he going to be a 5'6 guy? Like I said, I, I think Philip Myers... I mean, this is a good problem the Flyers have. They have so many prospects that it's almost an abundance of riches. And we're not going to see all these kids play for the Flyers. A lot of these kids are going to, when the Flyers are going to be contending for a sailing cup, you're going to see some of these players that I just potentially named being used as part of a trade to get that player, to get that elite player that's on another team that you that the Flyers think is going to put them over the edge, it's going to get them that Stanley Cup and in this Stanley Cup draft. <clears throat> so we'll see where that goes, you know, and that's why I I have a problem getting attached to Flyers prospects, and, you know, but I have to realize, you know, think, think with your hockey brain and not with your hockey heart. Um, so that's, that's, just, that's, just, that's just is what's going to happen. You're going to have some of these prospects we're going to use as part of a train to get a future sniper, a future stud defenseman, or another, if they're in the goalies pan out, a good goalie. But fingers crossed, you know, next carry Price and Carter Hart. Um, so, seeing some comments on my Facebook post here, uh, 
Yes, Jason. I'll, uh, I will definitely have you come on sometime and convert the listeners to the Church of Nathan McKinnon. I'm already a member. Um, thanks, Andrew and all. Good to see you, man. Hope you're doing all right. And uh, <laughs> thanks, Uncle Clell. I, I got it. I'm doing it right now. I'll probably send you a link on once I upload it to SoundCloud or something. I'm like, I gotta figure that out next. Um, you know, I'm just like I said, I'm, I'm bringing back the hockey nerd news. Uh, Jake and Matt Mastro, and of course, I'm talking about Jacob Harrison. You know, two of my best friends. You know, they helped me start this page a couple of years ago. They were involved within it. Now I'm kind of bringing it back myself. I would love to have you two back in the fold. Have you two sit on a podcast with me? And if anyone, if anyone wants to come talk hockey with me, you know, I'm always down. So, you know, have, you know, message me on Facebook, shoot me a text, call me, Skype me. I don't really have Skype, you know, just contact me and, you know, we'll get out there and we'll work something out. I'm, I'm, I would like to try and post at least once a week, you know, maybe more going forward. We'll see how it goes. And I also want to keep on posting in the playoffs, even after the Flyers are done. I want this to be a year-round hockey podcast. It's something I want to do. It's something you all know that I have a passion for, that I care very deeply about. You know, hockey is life. <laughs> um, so I, I think I'm going to call it a quits for this first episode. I want to say thank you guys for listening. Let me know what you think. And uh, thanks for listening to Hockey Nerd News. Everyone have a great day. Great night. See you later.